Welcome to another obstetric episode. I'm going to move back closer. Or not to A to B. Placenta! Woo! Tell me about the placenta. When do you start seeing it? Oh, so does it count when you start the chorion? But no, when you start seeing the placenta. Ten weeks. Eight weeks. And you get a focal thickening along the periphery of the gestational sac. Yeah. Should be shaped like a disc until how many weeks? 12 weeks. (laughs) Um, The normal sonographic appearance is granular with a smooth cover, which is the Corian. Underneath the basal surface, there is a normal retroplacental complex of decidual and myometrial veins. Mm -hmm. I think that's sometimes confused with a um, subchorionic hematoma because it's low echogenicity. Uh, normal placenta aging. As the placenta ages, tell me. Well, you you it sort of develops and becomes like more heterogeneous. So you get these lakes, and <laughs> so it gets hypocoic areas. Yeah. You can get septations. Yeah. And you can get randomly distributed calcifications. Yeah. So it just gets old looking. Yeah. yeah. And venous lakes, as you said, yeah. they're incidental, no significance. They yeah. look like focal hypocoic areas under the chorionic membrane or within the placenta, and you sometimes see some slow flow in them because they're venous. Fine. Placental thickness. What is too thin and what is too thick? I'm assuming this is in like the third trimester. It doesn't say, but... I don't know. Too thin, less than one centimetre. When do you get a too thin placenta? Placental insufficiency? Yes. Keep going. Oh. (laughs) What might cause that? What might cause that? Preeclampsia? Doesn't say that, okay. but yes. Maternal hypertension. Okay. Maternal diabetes. Okay. Trisomy 13 and 18. Okay. And toxemia of pregnancy. I think that's when you've taken drugs. Oh, really? I don't know. Maybe Google what toxemia of pregnancy is. Mm. Um, tell me why. Oh, preeclampsia, formerly called toxemia. Oh, fine. Thanks. Real helpful. Um, why, what's too thick? Um, more than three. Four. Four. <laughs> Other option. Damn. So one centimetre too thin, four centimetres too thick. Um, sort of like a gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> um, why might you get a too thick placenta? Too thick placenta? Mm. Well... Trophoblastic stuff? That's, no. I suppose so, but that's, this is sort of in established yeah. pregnancy, so, so, but yeah. Um, too thick. What causes all the problems? We've already had Maternal it in too thin. Maternal diabetes. Maternal diabetes. Um, you can also get it in fetal high drops, oh. which you can get fetal high drops for lots of reasons. I think we come onto that in a second. Yeah. That's like fluid everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, we come onto that in a bit. So fetal yeah. high drops, you can get too thick placenta, I guess, because the placenta is like trying so hard to, to keep, keep this like non... non yeah, yeah, exactly. Maternal diabetes, severe maternal anemia. Again, it's sort of... Count, it's like Trying counteracting. Yeah, yeah. Um, congenital fetal cancer, which just sounds awful. Um, congenital infection. Oh, yeah, cancers need more blood supply. Exactly. Yeah. Infection congenital again. infection. Yeah. yeah. And then placental abruption. I get. I don't know whether that's because the placenta itself is compensating from the abrupted yeah. part, or whether the actual abruption is seen as a too thick placenta. Uh, I don't know. Okay. We can think about it both ways. Both ways. 
Um, tell me about some variant, you know, I love an anatomical variant, yeah. variant placental morphology. Can you get two? It's like bi... Bilobed. 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 Bilobed placenta. Yeah. That's two near equal sizes. Yeah. Um, some increased risks with that. Uh, placenta previa. Yeah. And all of the, those. So um, increased risk of type two, vasa previa. What's that? So placenta previa is when the placenta is over the os and you can have like full or not full. I think vasa previa... Is that when... That's when the vessels go the over vessels. So you've got the placenta to the side to, to baby, and then between that, the long vessels, and if they're the ones... They're going over the os. os. So this says, bilobed placenta, increased risk of type 2 vasa previa. Yeah, I can't remember the type. Who knows? We'll look it up later. I think, yes, it's like how much is over the os. Or yeah, it'll be something. Yeah. Um, Another risk of bilobed placenta is postpartum hemorrhage from retained placental tissue. Yeah, Only one comes out, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, and velamentous insertion of the cord. I think that's when the cord goes that, into the side rather the, than... That's when it source. comes out to the side rather yeah. than going into the um, cord, really in. into the placenta, yeah. yeah. Uh, which makes sense if you've got two and more, like, velamentous, more, like, fascia, basically. Yeah it makes sense that you'd be a more increased risk. Yeah. Um, but I think velamentous, that's the thing of the, the stringy things between um, placenta and... Yes, those are, that's to do with the vessels and how they insert into the placenta. Yeah. Whereas uh, vasa previa is to do with how they are in relation lie. to the os. Yeah. And like, is the baby gonna come out and squish yeah. them against the os basically? Um, you can also get, a, oh my God. But yeah, but yeah, I think velamentous cord insertion is when you have exposed umbilical vessels. And then I swear it was those exposed umbilical vessels that cover. Yeah, I'm on oh, board with that. this is a really good picture. Velamentous cord insertion with vasa previa. Yeah. Okay, fine. Okay, good. Yeah. And then um, you can get something called, I don't know how to say this, succenturiate lobe or succenturiate. That's like a smaller succenturiate one. lobe. Yeah. That's one or more small accessory lobes. Mm -hmm. Risks? Again, retained products, uh, like pleading, um, previous. Yes, exactly. Increased risk of type 2 vasa previa, mm -hmm. postpartum hemorrhage from retained placental tissue. Then you can get something called a circumvallate placenta. Any ideas what Is that, that means? round, too rounded? Or? So it's rolled placental edges. Oh, yes, edges. edges. Yes, yes, yes. I've seen a picture of that. Before. With a smaller chorionic plate. Yeah. And this puts you at greater risk of two things. Uh, placental abruption? Yes. And IUGR, which I wouldn't guess, but... Okay. Uh, yeah, so just so that we remember... You know, okay, rules. makes sense for abruption, doesn't it? Yeah, like it's going to pull away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's a circumvallate placenta. And what was the other one? Is the other one was a succenturiate lobe. Which is actually like a random lobe. Yeah. And then the It's kind of like a splenunculus of yeah. the placenta. Yeah. <laughs> um, so placenta previa, as we said... 
This is the low implantation of the placenta that covers part or all of the internal cervical os. Mm -hmm. The clinical buzzword, what's the classic clinical oh, presentation? Uh, uh, painless bleeding. When? Uh, When's the placenta at its most juicy? At term. Third trimester, yeah. Painless vaginal bleeding in the third trimester. A practical pearl is that you need to have an empty bladder when you look for this. Full bladder will create false positives. It's interesting. Um, placental abruption, tell me. So that's when the placenta comes away. Yes. It says here the step one history, which is like the um, uh, first exams in America, isn't yeah. it? Uh, is mother doing cocaine? Yeah. <laughs> but when does it actually occur most commonly? What's your favourite? bad thing what causes all the so problems no it's uh, maternal hypertension so technically subchorionic hemorrhage yeah. or marginal abruption oh, yeah. is in the category yeah. yeah um retroplacental abruption is the really bad one a hematoma will appear as an anechoic or mixed echogenicity beneath the placenta, often extending beneath the chorion. And the buzzword for that in a question is disruption of the retroplacental complex. Because we said you can't confuse the complex. But so with it. And if you've got disruption of that, yeah, yeah, something like disruption. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, here it's got a little box that says the difference between placental abruption and a myometrial contraction or a fibroid? Uh, the difference between placental abruption and the myometrial... Fibroid, fibroid. on imaging. On, on ultrasound imaging or MRI? Mm, you probably wouldn't be MRIing oh. a pregnant lady. Well, I mean, you do, but yeah. um, I think this is ultrasound. Okay, so adenomyosis. Well, let's... No, not adenomyosis. Oh, what do you say? Fibroid. Oh, okay. She's a uh, Leo, Mayo, whatever. So placental abruption will disrupt the retroplacental complex of blood vessels. Myometrial contractions or fibroids will displace the retroplacental complex. Yeah. So one disrupts and one pushes out the way. Fine. Tell me about placenta cretas. Uh, so in the different types. types. Yeah. Um, increta, percreta, and accreta. Yeah. I don't know if that was the right. So accreta is the best one. Yes. Um, so it's all to do with like how much infiltration of my mutual there is. Yes. So accreta is just like over the top. Uh, increta is like halfway through the myometrium. Percreta is past the myometrium. Exactly. Yeah. Um, risk factors. Um, oh yes, previous um, termination of pregnancy, previous cesarean, things that have damaged the myometrium essentially, which allows things to creep in. Yeah. Um, the risk factors I've got written here um, are C-section, placenta previa, uh, and advanced maternal age. Okay. Um, what does it look like on uh, ultrasound? Um, on ultrasound. Um, well, thinning of the myometrium. Yeah, it doesn't say that here. Uh, I, I think that would make sense. It says you are looking for moth-eaten or Swiss cheese appearance of the placenta. 
with vascular channels extending from the placenta into the myometrium that have turbulent flow on Doppler. Oh, it does say thinning of the myometrium. I'm so sorry, darling. Less than one millimeter is another sign. Um, and obviously this is a big deal because you can get life-threatening bleeding, need a hysterectomy. Um, the big risk factor is prior C-section. Uh, placenta accreta is 75% of them. The villi attached to the myometrium without invading, so you just don't get your endometrium. You can't see an endometrium. Yeah. Um, placenta increta, as you said, villi partially invade the myometrium, and placenta percreta, they go all the way through, and sometimes there's invasion of bladder and bowel. Real bad. Yeah, more bad. Um, placenta chorioangioma. It's a benign thing. What is it? It's, I think, like a hematoma. Yes, it is. <laughs> So it's a hamartoma of the placenta. Yeah. Tell me. Um, you essentially get like a little round clump of placenta. Yeah. In the sac. Yeah. What might it look like? Another fetus. Mm. No. no. It says here um, these are usually well circumscribed hypoechoic masses near the cord insertion. Okay. Oh yeah. There's flow within the mass and it pulsates at the fetal heart rate. That's diagnostic mm -hmm. because they are perfused from the fetal circulation. Yeah. yeah. Um, they almost always mean nothing, but if they are large, and by that I mean greater than four centimetres and multiple, um, which is called chorioangiomatosis, they can sequester platelets and um, therefore you get a uh, high output. Oh no, that's not there for. They can sequester platelets and they can cause high output failure, which is high drops, results in high drops. Okay. So not I bad. also presume that if they take up space, that's not ideal. Yeah, I mean, if they're huge and there are yeah. loads of them, yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, fine. So there's a difference here between a placental chorioangioma and yeah. a placental hematoma. Yeah. Well, it'll be the, that pulsating. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly that. So one, the chorioangioma pulsates with Doppler flow. Yeah. You're quite all right there. Yeah, just relayering. <laughs> um, what time are we on? 14. Oh, fine. So we can do a little bit of umbilical yeah. cord. Yeah, definitely. Tell me about a normal cord. Two arches on vein. Thank you. Um, <laughs> A two-vessel cord, tell me. Uh, one artery, one vein. You'll either see just on transverse or you'll see one artery along the bladder. Thank you. Bladder. Um, how often does it happen? Two cord. I have no idea. 1% of pregnancies. Oh, okay. What makes it more. more likely to happen? Should we talk about this? No. Oh, I don't know. What's my favourite thing? Just gestational diabetes. Maternal diabetes. Um, and also twin pregnancies for okay. some reason. Um, there is an increased association with chromosomal anomalies and okay. various fetal malformations. So you look more closely. Um, but if it's there in isolation, it's just a normal variant and it's fine. Um, oh, we're going to talk about velamentous cord insertion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So tell me. So it's essentially when you've got exposed vessels of the cord. Is how I think. It's sort of, yeah. So this is a term for when the cord inserts into the fetal membranes outside of the placental margin yeah. and then travels back through the membranes to the placenta, yeah. so between the amnion and the chorion. Yeah. Um, it's more common when? 
with twins. <laughs> Um, and it increases the risk of intrauterine growth restriction and growth discordance amongst twins. amongst twins. Okay. Um, you can also get something called a marginal cord insertion. Do you know what that is? It's like betterly inserted, but a bit to the side. Beautifully said. <laughs> so this is almost a velamentous insertion, yeah. but the cord is within two centimetres of the placental margin. And it's more most commonly seen in... Twin pregnancies. Twin pregnancies, thank you. <laughs> um, vasa previa. We've already spoken about that. Yeah. yeah. It's one of these velamentous um, bits cover the os. Yeah, it doesn't... Oh, yeah, it does. So type 1's are velamentous. Okay. Um, so vasa previa is fetal vessels that cross or almost cross the internal cervical os. Yeah. More common in... Twin pregnancies and variant placental morphologies, yeah. which we've spoken about. There are two types. Type one is vessels connect to a velamentous cord insertion within the main body of the placenta. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. No. Okay. I don't understand that. No, me Maybe look up if there are different types of vasa. types of vasa previa, and we can see some images. Yeah. Um, and type two is fetal vessels connect to a bilobed placenta or centuriate lobe. So that's when you've got vasa previa with your placental morphology yeah. abnormalities. Let's see if we can find a little image. Has it got a type one and type two? Is it not same? It's just two pictures of something. Oh yeah, that's a multi-lobe placenta. I think it's the multi-lobe placenta that's the the difference. Possibly. So why does it say fetal vessels connect to a velamentous cord insertion within the main body of the placenta? Why would a velamentous cord? Oh yeah, I mean it's saying it's a velamentous cord oh. that goes into just a normal placenta. Yeah. Fine, fine. You understood that much quicker no, than I, I did. Didn't. Initially, it's, I, I don't know why he needs to point that out. Um, what's a nuchal cord? Oh, when it's around the neck. Yeah. Problems because... Asphyxiate. During... Uh, delivery. Lovely. Um, what is an umbilical cord cyst? A cyst along the umbilical cord. <laughs> <laughs> um, how often are they seen? Fairly commonly. Percentage? No, I Three percent of the time, and <laughs> um, they're usually single but can be multiple. As a point of completely irrelevant trivia, you can divide these into false and true yes. cysts. Yeah. True cysts are less common, but have fancy names, so more likely to come up in exams. The true ones or the false ones. True, true ones. And he says, oh, yeah. just know that the omphalomesenteric duct cyst is usually peripheral. And the allantoic cyst is usually central. I mean, that's just not that helpful. Good luck. Um, if the cysts persist into the second and third trimester, they might be associated with either trisomy 18 yeah, or 13. So look closely yeah. for other problems. Fair enough. Uh, shall we stop there and then do congenital fetal anomalies in a different... Except that we don't have maternal. We're at 20. Yeah. I don't think I can do this in 10. Okay. Let's stop. Kind regards.